wasn't supposed to be here today, but apparently you guys love me so much, I got invited back. Hallelujah. All right, let's, we're going to be talking about vulnerability today, so let's be vulnerable. Any of you guys hate me? Anyone hate me yet? You can raise your hand. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else hate me yet? Thank you. No, I just can't. <laughs> All right, sweet. Lord, we love you so much, God. We want that everything we learn, not just to be in our head, but to manifest through our hands, our feet, and our mouths. So God, today we just pray for more of the fire that you poured out, that it would increase today. And Lord, that today and tomorrow we would build upon everything that you established yesterday, and that by tomorrow we are like so fired up that everyone's going out and seeing the crazy testimonies. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're, so messengers, shout out. Because you guys have already done this training, um, I'm going to use you guys as our coaches today. So if you are a messenger track, you are no longer in messenger track. You are a coach right now. And so here in a little bit, I'm going to have each of you go find two people that aren't in a messenger track. And you guys are going to... So you guys are going to facilitate... Am I loud? <laughs> Whoa, I'm in the matrix up here. It's the power of God emanating off of me. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, so you guys are going to be coaching some small groups. And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be listening to their messages and helping shape their message. Okay, so today we're going to be getting up on chairs. We're going to be getting wild. We're going to be getting crazy like yesterday. But we're going to be doing it for a lot of a longer time because I don't want to talk that much. I want you to do the talking today. Sound good? All right, so before we jump in, obviously, we got to jump into the word first. You know what I'm saying? If we ain't starting with the Bible, we starting somewhere incorrectly. All right, so Revelation chapter 12. I'm reading NIV today. Verse 10, it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation in the power. Everyone say salvation in the power. And the kingdom of our God. And the, and the authority of his Messiah. Okay, you can stop repeating, but it says, For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumph over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Everyone say, By the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the lamb. and the word of their testimony. Because they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Meaning we aren't even afraid to die. We're going to confess what Christ has done in our life no matter who we're in front of. So good, right? So it says by the word of their testimony. So we know that what Jesus did on the cross gives us a testimony to declare what Jesus has done. Because he set us free from all the things that maybe we've already been bound by. Or maybe has protected us from the things that we could have potentially been bound by. So maybe some of you might be thinking, this is a common thing I hear, of like, hey, well, I don't have like a crazy testimony like that, like yours. And I'm like, yeah, but you have the testimony that I dream that my children will have one day. Where God's hand was on your life since childhood and he protected you from the drugs. And he protected you from the STDs. And he protected you from this 
premarital sex and the broken relationships and the abortions and the thefts and the religion and all these different things. He protected you from that. So if that's your story, honestly, that's what gives hope to people because they're like, wait, I can actually live like that? No way. You're lying to me. And it's like, no, for real. God did that in my life. He can do it in yours starting now. Okay? So just to give you context, we're going to come in into some teaching. But um, if that is your story, I want you to learn how to vocalize that thing. Right? Like everyone needs to hear that story. We just need to know how to word it. I met a guy last year and he was like, you know what my testimony is? God saved me from drugs. And I'm like, for real? It's like an old man. God saved me from alcohol. He saved me from cheating on my wife. He saved me from beating my children. And he starts saying all these things. I'm like, dang, this fool's story is crazy. And all of a sudden he goes, because ever since I was a child, he had his hand on my life and I never had to do any of those things. I was like, hey, flames, dude, that was good. I was like so sucked in. <laughs> all right, so then verse 17, same chapter. It says, then the dragon was enraged. We all know who the dragon is, right? It's that little snake that was in the garden that we've been feeding with tons of sin. Now he's the size of a dragon. So it says, then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. So he comes to wage war against us, those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. Bring it on, sucker. You already lost. I, know, I already saw the end of the movie. Nice try. Right? Like that is what we stand on. It's like we already know the end of the story. You lose. Bring it on. Because everything you do to me is only going to sharpen me to look more like Jesus. So bring it on. What you got? All I'm going to do is propel back into the presence. You're going to lie to me again? Okay, cool. I'm going to go back closer to Jesus. Or you're going to try to tempt me with immorality and lust? Sweet. I'm going to propel back to Jesus. Or you're going to come and try to tempt me to do drugs? Sweet. I'm going to get closer to Jesus. No matter what you bring at me, it's going to be a propelling force that launches me deeper into the presence of God. That's our testimony. Right? So... Last one, and then we're jumping in. We're just going to get wild today. You guys ready to get wild? Good, me too. All right, so Mark chapter 5. Real quick, yesterday we went to Jesus Clubs. My friend Katrina shared the gospel. It was so awesome. Saw a chick with a knee brace in the room, pray for her. Her knee gets healed. She's like, what? Jesus can do this? She's all tripping out. And then later I had to go hand out flyers for a party we're throwing over the weekend at the skate park. And I go to the skate park, meet a dude. 14 years old, freshman high school, preached the gospel to him. He gives his life to Jesus. And he goes, you know what's crazy? As a matter of fact, tomorrow is going to be the first day that I go to a youth group. I go, are, you, are your parents Christian? Nope. Really? And you're going to go to youth group? He goes, yeah, my friend's been telling me it's awesome, so I was going to go check it out tomorrow. And it's so sweet that the Lord sent me to where he gets to, like, give his life to Jesus before he even goes to youth group. How dope is that, right? Come on, Jesus. And so one of the things I did want to kind of throw out there is, like, I kind of shared all these, like, gnarly stories yesterday. If you don't know what I was doing, I was literally just taking a massive steroid syringe, and I was shooting faith into your spirit. That's all I was doing. I was literally just standing here with the syringe going. But, like, that's not my stories every single time I see salvations, okay? I'm just trying to give you, like, the fun ones to, like, bring faith into the room. But, like, yesterday, when I went to the skate park, I preached the gospel to the student. He totally rejects me. And he's like, which is so awesome, right? Like, sweet, I get to look like Jesus in that moment. Hallelujah. And so he's like, man, you know, you wirewormers, you basically harass me. Everywhere I go, I have to pretend to be nice to you guys. And I don't want to hear about it, man. I don't feel like I owe God anything. And if even if he was real, I wouldn't worship him because what the heck do I owe him? 
And I was like, man, dude. I was like, bro, I mean, honestly, that's why I wasn't trying to take much of your time. I was just trying to take 30 seconds. I honor your time. I think it's precious and valuable. I just want you to know I'm here for you for anything you need. And he was like, hey, man, you know, I think it's cool that you're passionate about something. I mean, I'm passionate about skating, so obviously I tell everyone about skating. So I get your heart, man, and thanks for, for honoring my time. I'm like, totally, dude, let's skate. And we start skating together. So you see, like, there's, you can diffuse a bomb, right? But, like, even though I got rejected, there was still a manifestation of love in that moment where he felt loved, he felt valued, he felt seen, he felt important. And so not all my stories are all these fun, glory, crazy stories, okay? There are the, the days where a guy stuck his middle finger in my face, starts cussing me out, saying, this is why everyone hates you, Christians. And I'm, like, shaking up. I'm like, oh, Lord, man. And I walk away. I go, what just happened? And he goes, oh, man, he's been hurt by youth group in the past. And he goes, watch this, and shows me a glimpse of his youth. And I'm in tears. I'm like, God, I pray that his heart gets healed. Please, God, just bring healing to his heart. And literally, I just felt compassion towards him instead of anger. And so as you're out and about, not trying to stomp the fear or the faith, just letting you know, faith comes with all different kinds of faces to it, right? People in China, when they gather to share testimonies, their testimonies are, dude, today I got chased by five people trying to kill me. And everyone's like, yeah. Like, that's how they share testimonies. It's dope. So we want to celebrate the rejections and we want to celebrate the salvations because they're both breakthrough and they're both obedience. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, yes, not every single time you go out and minister will it look like that. But the prayer is that the more and more we do it, the more and more they look like that, right? Okay, Mark chapter 5. If you got your Bibles, open them up. 44, we started at 30. All right, I'm going to try to do five minutes on the shot clock. Here we go. So Mark chapter 5. We know that Jesus is showing up to this area, and all the disciples are freaking out because there's a storm in the water. And they're like, I mean, they're just tripping, right? Jesus is passed out, like just straight resting, straight chilling, ain't a worry in them. And all of a sudden, they come down, wake him up, like, dude, what are you doing, man? There's a freaking storm out here. And Jesus is like, hold up, comes out of there, and he's like, storm, be still right now. And the storm chills out. And they're like, what in the world? Who is this dude that even the winds and the storm obey him? And so they start to realize a little bit more and more who he is. But what it was was the principality over a region. It's like this demonic stronghold over a section of an area of the, of the earth. And so he comes. He breaks down the principality. When he shows up, the first thing that starts to manifest is a demonic. And so he shows up at the garrisons, and there's this guy, and this dude's been cutting himself with stones. Ah, oh, he's like super depressed. He's rejected. He's isolated. People hate him. They think he's weird. They think he's a freak. He's chained up, and he's got so much power he can break through the chains and break off the shackles, and the enemy is just tormenting him. So he's probably suicidal, cutting himself with stones. He's like a, what a modern-day cutter would be. He's cutting himself, totally hates his life, wishes that he was dead, tormented, yet he's tied in this tombstone, living in a graveyard all alone, and no one talks to him. No one wants to be near him. And all of a sudden, here comes Jesus and shows up, and he starts to rebuke the demon. Now, the demon doesn't come out at first. He looks at us and says, come out. Let's read it. Verse 8. He says, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? Because the thing didn't come out, obviously. And he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. That word legion comes from Roman numeric. It's a Roman numeral in regards to the army. So it usually represented anywhere from 2,000 to 6,000 soldiers that were part of a unit in the Roman army. Okay, so there, the demon's speaking in the language of the time. And he's saying, it's about 2,000 of us. Anywhere from 2,000 to 6,000 of us, we're in here. 
And so then he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again to not send them out, into, out of the area. So a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. So he gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd was about 2,000 in number, meaning one demon for every pig. So the 2,000 go into the pigs. They rushed down off this steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Okay, first of all, I want to see that happen in real life because that's freaking crazy, right? But Second of all, the people that lived in the area, they come out, and they're the ones that own the pigs. So we know that Jesus is in Gentile territory. It's not Jewish territory because Jews don't eat pigs, and they don't touch them, or it makes them unclean. So he's in Gentile territory right now. And all these people that own these pigs, which is their life, this is their life savings, right? Like, this is how we make money. This is what we sell. These are like old-school car dealers. And all of a sudden, all their cars just go dumping into the ocean. And they're like, are you kidding me right now? And they're like livid with Jesus. They're so angry. And so all their pig run in. They come out. It says they reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed in his right mind. Everyone say, right mind. And they were afraid. They're like, what in the world? This dude, we've known him for years, and he's been this crazy, gnarly dude out in this graveyard, and now he's like totally normal, totally sober. What in the world? And now they're scared because they don't know how the heck this dude just got free. And it says, those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. In other words, they're angry because their money just got thrown to waste. And they're like, we don't care who you are. We don't care what kind of God you are. We're more concerned with how we make money than we are about bowing down to you. Get out of here. We don't want you here. All of a sudden, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. He's like, dude, come on, man. Are you kidding me? These people hate me. They've been rejecting me for years. They've been isolating me out here. They make me sleep out in this freaking crazy graveyard. It's scary. There's ghosts. Like, this is the worst life ever. Please, I'm begging you. Let me come with you. I'll do anything. Please, please just let me roll with you and your team. If anyone needed discipleship in that moment, I think it was this dude, right? And all of a sudden, instead of Jesus saying, yeah, come on, let me disciple you, he says, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So instead of saying, yeah, come on, join this DTS and I'll train you, he says, no, go back home and tell everyone what Jesus just did in your life. You don't need three months. You don't need three years. You don't need a doctorate. You don't need a degree. Just go back home. You're free. Tell them that you're free, and everything will start to change. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis. Everyone say, the Decapolis. Anyone know what Deca is? Ten. So he goes to ten cities. That's what this is saying. He goes to 10 cities and tells them how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. So then you keep going. It says, Jesus crossed the river by boat on the other side of the lake. And a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Okay. No one knew Jesus' intentions of going to the other side of the lake. But this dude is so demon possessed and gets so free that he goes and evangelizes 10 cities with his testimony. And when Jesus arrives to the other side of the boat, there's people hungry for that breakthrough already waiting for him. Come on, that's crazy, dude. This is the power of our testimony. 
This is what happens when we testify of what Jesus did in our life, that people come flooding to Jesus because they're like, I don't know what you did in that person's life, but I need you to do it in mine too. This is the power of our testimony. This is how with the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony, we overcome the dragon that's after us. All right? So keeping that in mind, we're going to jump in because everyone's got a crazy testimony. It could be a breakthrough from fear. It can be a breakthrough from self-hatred. It can be a breakthrough from anger. It can be a breakthrough from unforgiveness towards a family member. It can be a breakthrough from bitterness towards Christians or from the lost or from your parents. It can be a breakthrough from, oh man, it's people, unbelief. You know, Romans says everything done outside of faith is sin. Everything done outside of faith is a sin. Meaning unbelief in our life is sin. Passivity, James says, anyone that knows the good they ought to do and don't do it, sins. Meaning if you've had passivity in your life and you know, I should have been reading my Bible, I should have been praying, I should have been preaching the gospel, I should have been discipling, I should have been doing all these things, yet I wasn't doing it, I should have been giving everything to Jesus, yet I wasn't doing it, that's passivity, that's sin, that's a crazy breakthrough. You feel me? Giving context for things, all right? So, first part, Christian Winter, man of God, made me an amazing PowerPoint because I don't know how to use PowerPoint because I didn't graduate high school. (laughs) GED, baby. So, Christian is my brain because without him, I don't function. And for you single ladies that want to come back in staff or do Revival Reformation, he is single and ready to mingle. So you can find him on Instagram after DTS. And he's anointed. And clean. And he cooks. Come on, man. Give him a round of applause. All right. Okay, so first we're going to do your life before Jesus. Yeah, give me that thing full screen. Pre-Jesus, at Jesus, post-Jesus. I'm going to make it as simple as we can possibly make it because I know if something's hard, I'm not going to do it. But if you make it simple for me, I'll go full throttle in it, okay? And I'm also a visual learner, so normally I do whiteboard, but there's no whiteboard in here, so I'm trying to do screens because that's what the new generation does, and I don't know how to do it, so I need help. Okay, so we're going to do pre-Jesus, at Jesus, post-Jesus. Everyone say pre-Jesus, at Jesus. Jesus. Let's change post-Jesus to in Jesus. Everyone say in Jesus. Jesus. Yes, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to... Give 45-second intervals. Hallelujah. Bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, so we're going to do, did we do in Jesus? Yes, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, so yes, in Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do 45 seconds on each. I'm not going to give you time to sit there and write it. Why? Because when you're out on the streets going to share your testimony with the lost, you're not going to sit there and have your journal and have, 45 sec- or have five minutes to sit there and document your story so you can go share with them and hold your journal and say, man, I was just praying right now and the Lord was saying this, that, before I met him, and then when I met him. Okay, it's just not a reality. When the Lord asks you to do something in the moment, you have about half a second to either partner with faith or to partner with fear. 
Okay? So that half a second is not five minutes. It's a half a second. And you can either say, no, I'm not going to do it, and you're going to make a million excuses as to why you're not going to do it, or you can say, all right, I'm going to do it, and you can step up, and the Holy Ghost possesses you and starts to flow with fire, okay? So pre-Jesus, at Jesus, in Jesus. What's pre-Jesus? Even if you grew up in church all your life and you've always known Jesus, let's say you grew up Christian all your life, yet sometimes we have these encounters with Jesus where we're like, whoa, I thought I was saved, but now I'm like more saved. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, I've had a lot of those, like, freedom moments where I'm like, whoa, like, I feel like I'm really, really saved this time. Yeah. And it's just these encounters where we, like, we actually meet Jesus and his holiness transforms us and we feel more sanctified, more holy, more pure than we did before. Okay, so we all have those moments in our life. But for those of you that have the gnarly story where you came from the drugs, you came from all those things, okay, you have permission to say those things here. No guilt, no shame, no judgment. Be free. Okay? Let me tell you why. Because when we meet with the lost, they love to know that they have something in common with us. It's like, oh, wait, for real? You were like that? Me too. And all of a sudden, they feel normal. Okay? So feel free, but here's what we're going to do. We are not going to be transparent. We are going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share the difference real quick. Superman has kryptonite, right? That's the thing that can kill him. <laughs> Superman, the very thing that can kill him is kryptonite. It's like this blue stone. It's like these shards of stone. And anytime you get around him, it's the one thing that can destroy him. Vulnerability is in this one comic book edition. Superman goes, and there's all these villains wanting to kill him, and he hits up Batman. He's like, yo, Batman, I know we're competition. I know you're over there in Gotham, and I'm out here running the streets in my hometown, but I'm going to need your help this time, even though we're always competing against each other. There's these dudes that got kryptonite, and they're out to kill me, and they can totally do it. I'm going to find a way to get it, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you the very thing that I know can destroy me, and I'm going to trust you with it. This is vulnerability. This is, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm standing up here in front of you. I've aborted kids. I've done every drug you can think of. I've done all these horrible things. And I'm giving you these things knowing that it's the very thing that can destroy my ministry in the flesh. Because people are going to have accusation, bad things to say. But I'm trusting you with it. And a couple things are happening. Number one, you're trusting me back because you're saying, whoa, that person trusted me. You know what happened when Superman gave the kryptonite to Batman? They became homies. They became best friends because Batman said, whoa, you trust me? All right, I trust you too. And they started to form an alliance in the next couple uh, DC comic book editions. So that's what happens is we're actually telling people, hey, we trust you. And all of a sudden the person starts to trust us back. Now our relationships become a lot more real than superficial surface level conversations. And we start to have real deep friendships where people like know that they have access to the deep things in your heart. When we share this with the lost, they're blown away. For real, I'm telling you, they really are. Okay, so that's vulnerability. That's giving them something you know can hurt you and trusting them. Transparency is this. Man, before I got saved, I used to sell drugs. I used to flip 6,000 pills a week. Dude, I was rolling in money. I had so much money, I would go to these raves and pay for like five girls to get in. I used to juggle like three girlfriends at a time, dude. I was like a baller, man. It was crazy. Before I met Jesus, I had like all the hottest girls in the world. It was so dope. Okay, first of all, no one needs to know all that. That's completely irrelevant, and it ain't going to save no one's life. 
Second of all, that's glamorizing sin. Why are we going to sit here and glamorizing sin when it was a thing that was destroying our life, right? So transparency is going into the detail of all these things like talking about things in your relationships that people don't need to know about. It's like me coming up here and saying, man, I was a heroin addict. Dude, I used to like tie that rubber band around my arm so hard. I'll hit that thing, man. Bro, I was like blasting off. Okay, no one needs to know that. That's transparency. Okay, we're not being transparent. We're being vulnerable. And here's what vulnerability is. It's the fruit of what I was doing is transparency. The root of what was happening in my heart is vulnerability. One's a lot harder to talk about. It's going to be easy for me to tell you about all the bad fruit. It's going to be hard for me to look, with, look at you with tears in my eyes saying, man, I was so insecure. I got broken up with. This girl cheated on me with my best friends. Dude, I was, a lo- I was so insecure in my heart, man. Like, I was afraid of relationships, and I had been so hurt that I, it actually made me feel good to hurt other people because I knew that I was making them feel the very thing that I was feeling. That's vulnerability. That's what was happening in your heart. Okay, so as we share this, don't talk about your bad fruit. Talk about the bad root that was creating the bad fruit. All right, that's vulnerability. You guys feel me? Okay, we're going to jump in because we are at 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry, let me go a little bit more. At Jesus, what was your encounter like? Was, like, share about his pursuit after your heart. Like, man, it was like I was getting haunted by the Holy Ghost. Every single place I went, people were trying to talk to me about Jesus. Man, it was like I would be listening to secular music, driving in my car, and I'm, like, sitting there listening to a song that has nothing to do with God. Next thing you know, I'm crying, saying, Jesus, help me. (gasps) And I'm singing along. Yeah, I know that my heart's connected with God. It was like he was chasing me down. Even though I didn't know him, he was hunting me down. Right, so there's like pursuit. There's his obsession. Like, man, I was bound by religion. I was trying to perform for him. It's like I was climbing this exhaustive ladder, and every single time I would take three steps up the ladder, the ladder would get longer. And it was like I had to spend more time in the Bible, more time in the Word, more time doing this, more time doing that. And it was all about me, me. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And it was never about what has he done for me. And he was like, my relationship was like almost like a dog on a leash that every single time that dog actually gets a chance to run away, it runs because it's always bound inside of the home and it never has permission to go anywhere outside of the leash. But man, now it's like I found that my relationship with Jesus is like the dog that sits on the stoop because it loves its owner. That even with the door wide open and the fence wide open, the dog doesn't run away because I'm just in love. I want to sit on my owner's lap. Okay, that's like works versus relationship. So, at Jesus, what was your encounter like? Maybe your encounter was like you lifted your hands in prayer for the first time. Ain't in worship. That's a big breakthrough, okay? I remember a guy came to church with me one time, drug addict. He comes in worship, and I'm like, bro, come up with me at upper room into the mosh pit, the worship pit. He's like, heck no, dude, that thing is crazy. I am not going in there. Ten minutes later, I'm in like this. He comes up. He taps me. He goes, that's what it is. I have walls. You know, spirit break out, break all walls down. So he's like, I have a wall, man. I go, okay, close your eyes, throw your hands up. He's like, what? I'm like, just do it. I'm like, higher, dude. Higher. Boom. And he gets delivered. Boom. Falls on the ground. He's shaking like bacon. I'm like, yeah, come on, Jesus. Okay. So we don't realize how big of a breakthrough that is. Maybe because we've never seen a manifestation of it. But that's a huge breakthrough to be able to lift your hands and worship. Okay. So. Like, in that moment, you're like, oh, my God, I'm so free. Tears, 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 tears. The, tan- the dams on your eyes busted, and you're weeping for the first time in worship. You're like, I love you, and you love me, too. Oh, my God. Okay, so maybe your story is you fell on the ground and started shaking like bacon. Okay, here's the deal. I don't want to know that you just shook. I want to know what God shook off of you in that moment. 
Okay, because if you fell on the ground and you get up the same person, there was no transformation. You might want to ask God if it was him or if it was your knees getting weak. Okay? So ask God what was happening in that moment. Get the at Jesus moment. Okay, maybe there was a manifestation. Awesome. What was happening during the manifestation? So don't just share the experience. Share what was happening behind it, okay? And then in Jesus, what is life like now? Man, I was so anxious before. It was like everywhere I freaking went, whether I was in school, whether I was at work, whether I was even at the gas station, I was like trying to pump gas faster than the car next to me. I swear it was like competition 24-7 in my head. At work, I was the best employee. Everyone else sucked. I was number one, and I was always trying to outdo everyone. At school, I had the best grades. Every single other person in school was not as smart as me. I was the best one in school. And it's like this perpetual competition where you don't know that it's anxiety, and all of a sudden you find out it's anxiety, you're like, I need medication for my anxiety. No, you need Jesus for your anxiety. All of a sudden you get Jesus, and now you live with peace, and that competitive voice in your head gets kicked out, and now you're like, oh my gosh, I get, to live free. I get to live free from this voice that's been antagonizing me since I was three years old. Right? We all have these. Come on. I know you guys are resonating. We all have these things. Okay? So what we're going to do right now is messengers, I need you to stand up on your feet. Everyone else stay seated. I need you to start walking around the room and forming yourself a little group of three. It's you plus three. Let's do this fast because we're running out of time. I talk so much. All right, messengers, find yourself three people. Fast, fast, fast. Let's go. Move, 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 move. If there's still a lot of people left, find yourself four people. All right, every messenger, change from three to four. Let's go. Four people in your group, plus you. Group of five. Groups of five. Come over here. There's a bunch of people over here. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. We got a bunch of people sitting down over here. Messengers, find yourself four people up here. Over here. Make your way over here. There's a bunch of people sitting down over here. They're waiting to get picked. Yeah, for you guys sitting down over here, we need one here, one here, one there, one there, one here, one here, one here. Start maneuvering around. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, four people. You can do five, too. All right, here we go. We got 10 minutes. So we're going to jump on. If you guys don't have a messenger, just okay, just make a group over there of five. Groups of five all across the room. All right, here we go. Here's what we're going to do. I need one person every group. Raise your hand. Okay, you're number one. Another person, raise your hand. You're number two. Another person, raise your hand. You're number three. Another person, raise your hand. You're number four. Another person, raise your hand. You're number five. Okay. Here we go. 
We're going to do 45 seconds on each one, okay? What it was like before Jesus. What it was like at your encounter with Jesus that brought your breakthrough. And what is it like now living in Jesus? What is the freedom? We're going to unlock language. Everyone say language. Okay, here's your scenario. You are in Mexico at a taco stand. Because everyone knows that tacos are the best food on the planet, okay? So you're in Mexico, you're at a taco stand, and there's a guy at the taco stand, and the Holy Ghost is like, hey, he might be feeding you tacos right now, but you need to feed him your testimony. You ready for this? Hit us with that Macarena, homeboy. We're going. Number three, get up on a chair. Number three, get up on a chair. Three, two, one, go. Two minutes and 15 seconds. Luke. So most times we don't want to do the call because we're afraid of getting rejected. But I'm going to teach you a little maneuver today. This little maneuver is called the swerve. Everyone say, the swerve. swerve. 
Everyone give me your best swerve. Just swerve. All right, so when the rejection gets thrown at you, you swerve and it hits the cross. Hey! All right, so we ain't going to be afraid of rejection. We're going to be stoked for the swerve. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So here we go. Two minutes. My number ones, get up on your chair. Here's the deal. We are in South Korea. And we are at one of them huge shopping malls. <laughs> and you're walking around the mall. There's a K-pop group performing in the middle of the mall. I mean, it is getting bug wild in there, okay? And all of a sudden, you walk up to eat some bulgogi. Hallelujah. Best food ever. Next to tacos. Next to tacos. Second place. And you go up to the stand. And the Holy Spirit goes... Hey, you see the person behind you in line? And you're like, yeah. And they're like, you got about two minutes before you get to the cash register to, take your, to put in your order. Hit them with that testimony. And here we go. On three, get that Gangnam Style. Two, one, go! Open Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Oh, 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 oh. Gangnam Style. Oh. All right, come Gangnam on. Star. 
What sound effect? Oh, oh <laughs> my growl. I sorry, I have no voice from screaming every day. Okay, so at your pre-Jesus, you are going to talk about your sin that you were bound by being like a prison cell. Okay, like, like when I talk about my addiction, I'm like, dude, I was a slave to smoking meth. I literally would wake up and it controlled my life and told me what to do, and I was stuck in a prison cell that I didn't have the keys to get out of. Yet when I met Jesus, he handed me the keys and said, I'm going to help you break out. And now I'm free from the addiction of methamphetamine. Hallelujah. Okay. So, so as you're talking about your sin, whether it's fear, hatred, anger, suicidal thoughts, I don't care what it is. It's sin. Passivity. You're going to talk about how that thing was a prison cell and you felt like you were bound. Like you were stuck in this horrible cage that you were not able to get free from. And all of a sudden, Jesus invited you into your breakthrough. So invitational is important because he doesn't force us, right? He invites us. Yeah. Ain't no one going to force you to a party, but they'll give you an invite. And if you want to show up, you can go. Similarly with Jesus. Okay. Real quick. My number twos, you got a special assignment. We're going to go 20 minutes, 20 seconds, not 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. We're going to go 20 seconds on the clock. Number two, you think you guys got juice? You guys got juiced? All right. Without mentioning any names, I want you to tell your team for 20 seconds as passionately as you can about your pet peeves of your roommates. Let me give you an example. Let me, let me give you an example, okay? If I'm gonna share my pet peeve, real quick, your attention, if I'm gonna share my pet peeve, no one's gonna believe that it's my pet peeve if I'm like, yeah, my roommates, like, they like always pee on the seat and never wipe it off. I just hate it. It's like, every time I go in there, like, I have to wipe it for them. But if I'm like, man, it's so freaking annoying, dude. Like, I'm talking about adults. Can't, they've had 20 years of practice, and they still can't hit the ball. Like, dude, come on, man. Hey, have some common decency. Wipe that crap up after you're done, dude. Dang, man. Okay, that's what we're going after. We want 20 seconds of fiery description with passion. Everyone say passion. Okay, you guys ready? 20 seconds. On three, two, one, go!
All right. Let me get your attention. You might be asking yourself, in the back, you might be asking yourself, why in the world do we just do this weird exercise? The reason is because as communicators of our testimony, we want to tell people with passion what Jesus set us free from. Like, we want to let them know, I hate the fact that I was bound by passivity. I hate the fact that religion was a piece of tape over my mouth that had super glue on it. I hate the fact, right? Like, we want to passionately hate everything the enemy did against us. So that when we come back full throttle, he passionately hates all the fire we're spitting everywhere we go. Okay? So here we go. Number two, I need you to point at someone on your team that has not shared. And I need you to tell them, a is your turn and get them up on the chair. <laughs> All right. Here we go. We're doing two minutes. Prison break. Don't forget, prison break, okay? Prison, everyone say prison break. You're talking about your prison and how Jesus broke you out. And at the end, you were still asking, do you want to give your life to Jesus right now? Okay? Here's the scenario. You go back home and you get invited to a kegger. It is a raging party, if you don't know the terminology. It's a huge party with tons of beer. And you show up and you see one of your old friends and you hear that they're in a drug addiction. And you're trying to bring freedom to their drug addiction. So, DJ, hit us with Miley Cyrus' party in the USA. Here we go. We're going on three, two, one, go.
All right. So the reason I said we are going to do 45 seconds on pre, at, and in is because we've all heard those people share their testimony where they talk about their past life for three hours. And all of a sudden they're like, man, and then I met Jesus, and it's been like perfect ever since. And what we're creating is false expectations for people that don't know him. And not only that, but like, we're talking about all the brokenness, but like, well, what's good about being with Jesus? It's like we just say, oh, yeah, it's been cool, man. Like, it's been five years. It's been sweet. But we need to have, like, really the ability to communicate what it's been like in him, what it's been like with him. So right now we're going to do this thing where we're going to talk just for two seconds about the past. You're literally just going to mention, a, like, a, a, a form of bondage. Like something that had you bound. Two seconds. Man, I was so fearful before. But I went, man, I met Jesus. And we're going to elaborate for the two minutes on what it's like now. Because here's the deal. We have a whole generation that knows how to talk about, like, all the bad stuff. But we need to raise up a generation that actually knows how to communicate the amazing things. Because, like, the good way outweighs the bad. Way outweighs the bad. Right? Like, my salvation is way more valuable to me than the 12 years of addiction I had. Like, the five years in Jesus are way more dope, way crazier, way more exhilarating, way more fun, way better friendships. Everything's better. Okay? So this is what we're going to do. My number fours, even if you already share once, you're going to point your finger at number two and say, ah, two, you're back up on the chair. All right, number twos. Here we go. We are going to do one minute and 30 seconds with only two seconds talking about your breakthrough. You guys hear that? All right, pay attention. All right. <laughs> okay, so number two. For two seconds, you're going to talk about your prison cell. Man, I was bound in this prison cell of blah, blah, blah. And then you're going to jump into the Jesus, and then you're going to thrive off of the in Jesus life with him. For a minute and 30 seconds. You guys ready for this? One minute, 30 seconds, your scenario is that you are at the movie theater. Wait. Hey, Christian, what movies we got on there? Oh, no, better scenario. You are at a Star Wars. Who says Star Wars? Oh, prophetic. Bless the Lord. You are at a Star Wars. We have Star Wars on there, right? You are at a Star Wars lightsaber competition. Everybody dressed up like Anakin Skywalker and Chewbacca and Princess Leia. Okay? And so you just, here's the deal. You just smoke this dude in your lightsaber competition. I mean, you got him three zins, and he's out. And the Lord says, all right, before your next victim, you got a minute and 30 seconds to tell them how amazing it is, not just to have a lightsaber sword, but to have the sword of the Lord. Here we go. On three, two, one, go!
30 seconds. Ten seconds, ten seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, super fast. I mean, super fast. I need all my number fives up here on the stage, baby. Number five, number five, number five, number five. I know, I know. Well, we got this many number fives? All right. Here's what we're about to do. We're going to do rapid fire. All right, you guys ready? We're going to do rapid fire breakthrough testimonies. Now, this is not for the lost. This is for Christians. Okay, let me give you an example. You go to a church, and they're like, brother, would you, sister, would you come and share your testimony before the blessed body of Christ? And I go, yes, I would love to, pastor. And all of a sudden, I get up, and I recognize my testimony of, like, me getting saved might not impact this church that has been faithfully been serving the Lord for the past 30 years of their lives because everyone in there is old. But... Maybe I can bring a breakthrough that's going to impact their heart. And suddenly they're like, whoa, I need breakthrough in that. For example, I was staffed in Brazil, came under isolation. I'm talking about I'm staffing and I'm going out on the streets, seeing people get saved. I'm seeing people get delivered. I'm seeing people get healed. Yeah, when I'm around my community of YWAMers, I feel so alone. I feel so overlooked. I feel so unseen. I feel like no one's with me. I feel like I'm all by myself in this thing. And I realize one day when I get freaking delivered from this junk, holy smokes, I was under the spirit of isolation and the re main reason was I had never told a Christian that I needed them because I didn't believe that I did I thought I could do this whole thing on my own oh it's just me and you God I don't need anybody else but then I got delivered and for the first time in my life I was able to call Christians in tears and say I need you in my life bro dude I need you in my life I need you so bad and isolation now lo no longer can touch me because I'm vulnerable enough to tell Christians that I need them in my life you see the difference? That's a breakthrough that speaks to the body of Christ where all of a sudden you're like, if you need breakthrough because you realize that you go home and you feel like you're alone and no one's with you in this walk, I need you to come up to the front. All of a sudden the body of Christ is flooding the stage because they're like, I deal with this every single day. Right? So these are breakthrough testimonies for the body of Christ. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go like this. And you guys, as the crowd, you're going to cheer when you want me to stop. All right, and then this person's going to give us a one-minute breakthrough testimony. We're only going to do three because I'm running way late. You guys ready? Okay. Come on. Yeah, yeah, right One minute on the clock. You ready? Okay, so... I want to tell you a little bit about my, about my life. I was a teacher. I taught religion to little kids from 6 to 12. 
and I, I went, I was talking about Jesus basically every single day. I was talking about God every single day and about the Bible, yet it was, it was, I wasn't happy. Like, I was sad every single day. I was like, God, what am I doing? This is not what you want from me. I felt like God, like, he was not in my life at that point. I felt so, like, I was not going forward. I was stepping like backward so many times and it was at that point that God was telling me like hey Leek, I want you to go to YUM I want you to go to do a DTS and I went I came here we had freedom week we had pure heart week and it was like God was putting me on fire again like I got the Holy Spirit in my heart and I was like yes God yes God he loves me and I am so free right now he loves me so much and that is the truth really All right, I'm late, so I'm gonna get kicked out of here soon, but. One minute, and at the end, here's what you're gonna add. Church, if you need this breakthrough in your life, I invite you up to the front. Okay, my story is that I popped out of the womb, I was a pastor's kid, grew up in the church, and then like all my friends, all my family, all in church, all Christians, and didn't have really much exposure to the actual world. Um, but yeah, I grew up and I was bound to this addiction of masturbation, bound to this addiction of shame and fear and rejection, and everything started building up when I felt like I couldn't get a breakthrough, and then... I had this like heart when I was young and I was like, Lord, there's more. There's more that you have for me. There's more that you have for the body of church that I don't see in church. And I'm so sick of it. And so God called me to come to here. And I was like, okay, Jesus. And right away, I experienced the more. I'm experiencing breakthroughs. Even though they're little, they're powerful. And yeah, and I'm breaking off fear. God's breaking off. And as I'm like breaking off all these things with God and I'm just allowing him to work in me. There's fear like just and shame just just going just going like it's just going out the door and like yeah yeah it's just fleeing from me and if you want all these like neighborhood demons and fear to flee from you come up to the front i'm asking you to come up to the front right now hallelujah thank you so much all right do I have time for one more? We done. One more. Okay, one more. All right, you ready? It's a breakthrough testimony. You're going to talk about the breakthrough. Like... The, the prison cell, okay, this is the language. I was bound, you're going to start with this. I was bound in a prison cell of bam. But man, I had this encounter with Jesus. And you're going to talk about the freedom from being that and in the invitation into it. And then you're going to do the prayer. Like everyone repent. I break free from fear right now. Whatever it is, right? right ready? One minute on the clock. So freedom from the breakthrough, okay? So if it's like fear, I break agreement with fear right now. Jesus, I give fear to you. I say I'm no longer living with fear in my life. I hate you, fear. Okay, you're going to pray against the stronghold.
right, so in my past, I grew up in a Christian home, and a few years ago, I was, you know, I was in the church, I was going to Bible study, I felt like I was doing all the right things, but I was still bound by, uh, by shame. I was just in this prison cell of shame, uh, and that led me into this, this porn addiction that just ruled over my life. I tried everything to get out of it, but nothing helped. It was just a constant every day, multiple times a day, I was struggling with this. And I was crying out to God, you know, God, why, why am I still struggling with this? And that at one point when I went to counseling, I found out that I just had this deep shame in my heart for, for what I was doing, and I couldn't tell anyone about it. I couldn't tell anyone the, the things that I had done, the things that porn had led me to do. Uh, and so in counseling, uh, I was able to share these things and to get these things into the light. And when I brought them into the light, that's when God gave me freedom. That's when... That's when, that's when God finally gave me freedom from, from porn addiction and from, yeah. And so right now I just want to pray against, uh, pray against uh, this bondage right now. So God, right now I break the, the bondage of addiction and the bondage of shame. God, I declare no more shame over this room. God, I pray that you would break that. In Jesus' name, that there be no more shame, God, that we can all find freedom in Christ. Amen. All right, I love you guys. See you tomorrow morning. No, it's okay. Hey, everyone, let's take a 20-minute break and gather back at 10 o'clock. Thanks, you guys. book of Revelation, uh -huh. chapter 7, verses 16 and 17. Yes, sir. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst any more. Preach, preacher. For God shall wipe away yes, sir. every tear from their eyes. Yes, sir. Get ready for the revolution. What you say?
That's all. To make a dollar, it makes me wanna holler. Come on. The way to do my life, the way to do my life. There's gonna be a brighter day. All your troubles will pass away. A revolution's coming, yes, it's coming, coming. Revolution's coming, yes, it's coming.
said that you don't need nothing <laughs> Your mom said that we should talk Yeah, yeah Cause when you need me for something <laughs> I know that you gon' call Yeah, yeah I heard you singing out hey, oh. Cause somebody help me out Can you help me out? I'm singing hey, oh. I kinda need you now, can you hear me now, yeah You said that you don't need nothing Yeah, you said that, yeah. you said that. Uh, Your mom said that we should talk Yeah, we really need to talk uh, But when you need me for something yeah. I know that you go call Imagine me looking up at the sky and pumping my fist at you Imagine trusting in someone that I cannot see in the physical I'ma keep it a buck, them long nights I was miserable You had to be alongside with me for me to make it through How could you continue to love me? I always leave a mess And only take what I want and leave you the rest I know I should know better, but I defend my sins Wallowing my losses, even minimize all my wins You want the best for me, I'm concerned with the rest I get lost in my own mind and I forget Lately, the more we talk, the freer I feel I'm sorry I let you down all them years in the field I wasted so much time, it hurts I took you for granted Out of sight of the mind, but internally I was damaged Once I realized I hurt you, I hated how it felt So there is no way that I won't love you no matter what I'm dealt from You said that you don't need nothing Your mom said that we should talk I'll probably be reckless to pick up You can save a time for me I know that you messed up The timing's gotta be perfect You think you gotta catch up to everybody else But you don't need a bluff around me You could be yourself I don't need your help I made the universe plus everything you felt is temporary You don't gotta worry I see the finish line So you don't need to hurry Just chill You said that you don't need nothing Your mom said that we should talk Yeah, 
ice died in your place Let me hear ya holla Careful in the cover your heart You're inside the symbol of doom To let you land among the stars Then I'll hang you from the moon The devil is real and so is demons They've been scheming longer than you They will gladly fund your heart Then distract you from the truth uh, Can you get the memo? God don't have no Venmo Don't get sentimental Things are just a rental Put that deposit on your life It'll save you Turn your heart over to the Christ and the Savior I got God In the middle of the night In the daytime Yeah, you know I'm gonna shine If you want some Well, I'd be much obliged But I got God on my side He never leave my sight Gotta get it all night I say, I say Who's the real Allah? the chains off the slaves like he's saying voila raise a hand at the grave if he saved all y'all christ died in your place let me hear ya holla careful in the cover your heart you're inside the symbol of doom to let you land among the stars then they'll hang you from the moon the devil is real it's all his demons they've been scheming longer than you they will gladly fund your heart then distract you from the truth fans to the left if you ain't scared of death Vibe to the right if you walk in the light. Put the lights up in the place if you live in by faith. And for all those who hate, it's for you that he gave his life. Don't forget though, he's alive. Don't forget though, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget though, he's alive. Wake us up in Holy Spirit, wake us, wake us. 
finances. And then if you have not fully paid your lecture phase, the, the payments are due Thursday. And so any deferred payments, anyone who hasn't fully paid their lecture phase, the payments are due Thursday. So let's really get that in. Be talking to your staff. They'll be coming to you and talking to you. Um, yeah, so let's really be on top of that. That's really awesome. Um, and then we also have tracks today at 1 p.m. So, yeah. yeah. But you guys, I am so excited for this morning. I'm so excited for what God is going to do. And I'm so excited because we have... Apostello crew joining us. Can we give a big shout out to the Apostello School? Let's just give a fine fragrance welcome. Yeah. Um, actually, Apostello crew, will you stand up so everyone can see you guys? 
So for some of you guys who don't know what Apostello is, Apostello is a school that is like really the training ground and the preparation uh, for those who want to go into long-term missions and move to the nation's long-term. And so it's about, um, I think, six months. And three months are here in Kona of kind of training, and 